0: to the Web 2.0 show with your hosts, Josh Owens and Chris Saylor. We're a show about the new web, the latest thoughts, and technology behind internet development and content delivery. This is Nick Dynas reporting for the Web 2.0 show and my series from Bar Camp, Los Angeles, which took place March 4th and 5th. Next, an interview with Ian Rogers of Yahoo Music on Music File Formats, Music Marketing, and DRM. How's it going, Ian? Good, how are you? Good. So you have iTunes with their their paper song model, and then you have Yahoo uh, Music, which you have a plan that's $4.99 a month, right? And yep. another one that's about $60 a year.
1: Well, the $60 a year is the $4.99 a month, and then okay. there's for for $10 a month, it's confusing, but for $10 a month, you get a portability option that allows you to take it with you on your portable devices. So if you want to just stream to your desk or even download to your laptop and take on an airplane, that's only $5 a month. If you want to then transfer that to a portable device, that is the $10 a month model. And, and the price difference, frankly, is... Due to licensing issues with the record labels, uh, they they charge us more for the licensing. We want to offer the cheapest product possible, and in order to do it and still cover the cost of the of the uh, back end with the labels, uh, that's those are the price points we had to go with.
0: Now, is it still true that you're like renting the music? Like after you stop paying, it's turned off. What do you, and if that's true, what do you have to say? Uh, you know, where people make the argument with iTunes that you own it. But with some of the other services, you're quote-unquote renting
1: it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit of a, well, first of all, it's a confusing issue. And it's, it's really hard to compare apples to apples there. And there are a few different ways to look at it. Um, it I, I really, truly believe that a 99-cent download from the Apple Music Store is the 8-track tape of the 21st century. Um, you know, There's no question, we don't know exactly what the file format of the next five years will be. There's no question it'll be what you're, it won't be what you're buying from iTunes today. Um, you know, it's it's just it's a it's an encumbered with DRM, uh, semi low quality audio file that you know you, you have very limited rights on. Um, I, I really think that if for a music consumer, um, I mean, let's let's face it, at the end of the day, you're not looking to own music. Um, you're, you're looking to enjoy music. Some people enjoy it because they listen to it. Some people enjoy it because they collect it and they amass it. Um, and, I, and I think I, either way, the 99-cent download is not, not the way to do either of those things. Um, I really think that if sovereignty is the issue and you really want to own things, you should buy CDs. You know, they come with cover art. Uh, they're unencumbered with vrm well at least most of them are um you can you can rip them uh they're they're lossless uh you can transfer them to any format you'd like you can burn them to another cd you can convert them to mp3 you can do all you know eat eggs and bacon off of the cds if you want to um so if 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 you're interested in in sovereignty you should you know buy a cd if you want to, if you want to, you know, enjoy the most music possible at the lowest possible price, subscription service is a is a pretty good way to go. You know, five bucks a month, all you can eat music, um, and uh, you know, yeah, when, when you're done paying, you don't get any more music. But the price is so low that, and and really, it'll it'll only, it, it certainly isn't going to, you know get more expensive over time i think there's a high likelihood that you'll start seeing the cost go into your cell phone bill or your cable bill and and really it'll be if if you have you know if if you are part of the service that supplies music all of the music is going to be available to you you know the catalog is commodity um if i if i can go off on another another tangent for a minute another way to look at it is um Put it this way. For me, I have 100 gigs of MP3s on my hard drive at home. I actually don't listen to them all that often. You could, you could delete all of those MP3s. I wouldn't really care. I, wouldn't, I, don't have a, I don't have an attachment to those. If, on the other hand, you threw away my Yahoo Music profile... Uh, which contains all my playlists that I spent hours creating, all my ratings. I've told, told Yahoo what I like and what I hate and what I kind of like and allows Yahoo to recommend music to me. If you threw that away, I'd be super bummed. Because that I've invested a lot of time in and it actually returns to me a lot of value. Where amassing this big MP3 collection or buying a lot of, a lot of files from Apple Music Store, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really provide me a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of value. Um, you know, a lot of added value aside from just like being able to say to somebody, "Guess how many files I have." I, I think, I, I think this whole you know ownership issue is 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 really something that's overblown, um, and it's also something that it's really just marketing spin from Apple because they they want people to 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 continue to buy the files that work with the iPod. Um, because the fact of the matter is. a a very, very, very small percentage of the files that are on people's iPods actually come from the Apple Music Store. Um, There was an an NPD study recently, and I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. I have them on my laptop if you're curious. But um, the vast majority of music on people's iPods comes from ripped CDs. Right after that, it's files from file sharing services. And then somewhere in the... In the, a very small percentage actually comes, from, you know, purchased from the store. So to say this is about ownership, I mean, it's it's a you know, it, it's just not not what it's about.
0: It's unlimited. Mm-hmm. So you can download unlimited when you use P2P, or you can download unlimited for five dollars a month with Yahoo. Right. So to say for the for the, indus- the industry to say, oh, we're losing sales of of all this music, but it's not itemized. Uh, with with something like Yahoo Music, it's not itemized as it is with CDs.
1: I see what you're saying, but it's a but it's a different it's a totally different model because the fact of the matter is um, you pay five dollars a month, you download and listen to what you download, and then we pay per what you've listened to and what you've downloaded for that month. So if you think of it one way, I'm I'm a am a I'm a band. I put out an album once every two years. I I get as many people to buy that. They listen to it, God knows how many times. But I only got paid for it that one time that I sold it, right? Um, in in our model, you you actually get paid forever. Every time somebody listens to it, you get paid, right? For, forever. As the artist. Yeah, as the artist, oh. yeah, and as and as the label, as part of that okay. ecosystem. So it's a much different model. It's a it's a pay per listen model. It, you know, it's it's and, and over time, it can actually generate a lot more money. And yes, it's unlimited. But you know what? The amount of the amount of uh, times you can actually listen to any I mean, time is not limited in the month, and and practically, people don't listen to people don't download millions of tracks a month, right? They they don't even download hundreds of tracks a month, actually. As it turns out, uh, in, you know, in general, they they download a few things, they listen to a few things, and they've got other things to do in life. They got to work, they got to drive, they got to watch movies, or you know, so. It actually, the, the economics do work out. Um, and, and if you imagine that, um, you know, right now, let's, let's just say the average consumer bought six albums a month at $12 each. I mean, not a month, six albums a year at $12 each, which is high. They don't. They buy more like two albums a year at $12 each. Uh, and let, but let's say we could get all of those same people to get a subscription service that's somewhere between $5 and $10, right, a month for an entire year. We've increased the amount of money in the ecosystem overall, right? Those those, those consumers are actually paying more per year, and they're enjoying a, a lot more music than they did before. So they're becoming they're becoming more uh, more of a music fan and more of a music connoisseur in the process. So. I mean, ultimately, I think it, it it adds up to more music fans, easier access to music, music being more integrated into people's lives, and you know, and and it's it's a boom for the music industry overall. I mean, if you th- if you think about the iPod boom, I, I think to me one of the greatest things about the iPod boom is I'm I'm a music fanatic, and it, and it feels genuinely like. Music is a part of people's lives again. You walk down the street, you see people with white headphones, and to me, as a music fan, it's just like love has been spread, you know, throughout the world. It's really, I truly believe, it's beautiful because five or six years ago, I was realizing, shit, man, I'm a, I'm a music fan. It's pretty much all I know, to be honest with you. And most people in the world, your average teenager, would rather spend money on a DVD or a video game or something else right they'd rather spend their time watching TV you're never gonna have another Beatles in terms of what the Beatles meant culturally right I'd argue that the iPod has has been one of those sort of you know cultural phenomenons in that way and it may it's made music a part of people's lives and and when that happens if you can build technology that allows music to connect to people there's plenty of money to be made for the artist and and subscription services are actually a great way to add to get money into that ecosystem where the iPod boom has if you and like if you look at the numbers that I was just talking about where it's primarily music off of your CDs that you already owned then music from peer to peer and then music from the Apple music store in terms of popularity you realize that who's made money in the iTunes boom Apple has not the artists not the labels and subscription services are potentially a way to keep a perennial revenue stream going, you know, for for the people that are making the music, and that's a, a really a really beautiful thing. I think.
0: So tell me about this spiff format that you guys are working on. Is that a format that uh, uh, you guys came up with?
1: Well, it's actually a format um, that we came up with the community. So the way that the, it's XSPF, um, sometimes pronounced SPIF. Uh, the way it came about was we were building the Yahoo Music engine. And we had to, we had to build a, a a playlisting format that we natively supported, right? So when you save the question was very simple one. When you save a playlist in Yahoo Music Engine, what do you save it as? Um, is it a is it an M3U file? Is it an ASX file? Is it a smile file? There are all these formats out there. So I went searching around the web, like anyone would do, and just like okay I'd worked at Nullsoft so I knew a little bit about some of the formats but I was really trying to look at it from a blue sky approach like what what would the best format be and uh I stumbled across this great thing that a guy named Lucas Gons uh made which was a survey of all the playlist formats turns out Lucas runs webj.org um And he was intimately interested in all the playlist formats because of that. And he did, and he published this great survey of all the formats.
0: Yeah,
1: I saw that. So I contacted Lucas and I and I said, Lucas, if you if you were making a new media player, just for example, and you had to choose one playlist format to to support, what would it be? And and he and he said, "Um, uh, None of them. They all suck. I was like, really? Damn. And I asked Justin Frankel, who made Winamp, you know, what would you do? And he was like, ah, they're all terrible. You can't use any of them. And I talked to Robert Kay from Music Brains, and he said the same thing. And I just thought, God, is this really all the further we've come? Like, we don't have a, we, we really don't have like a working playlist format. This is the basic unit of currency for digital media. And a lack of standards around digital media is one of the biggest things that's held back digital media. But that's another topic. Um, so we pulled together a group of people. Um, Steve Gadikian, who was at uh, Nullsoft at the time, which is AOL, and is now the, one of the product managers on iTunes, was involved. Um, and people like Lucas and people uh, uh, from Technorati and uh, a, a bunch of different folks. And we came up with this format. It's all um, open, uh, Creative Commons licensed. And uh, you know, it's the format that Yahoo Music Engine speaks natively. And the idea is is that, you know, ultimately, I should be able to read a playlist format, uh, the same playlist format that iTunes is using, that RealPlayer is using, etc., and it should not be a broken proprietary format, it should be an open, extensible format. And, and the, the idea that that didn't already exist was ludicrous, that we had made it all the way to 2000 and whatever without having that, it was just ridiculous. Uh, so hopefully we've fixed the problem once and for all, and uh, you know, more people will start to support XSPF. And we're starting to see, see quite a bit of support for it. So um, I think we're, you know, it's done okay as a, as a fledgling format. I'd love to see it as a W3C standard, um, but you know, maybe that'll come in the near future.
0: So there's this other format, XIPF. Uh, tell me about that.
1: <laughs> XIPF is, it is something that we're working on right now that we'd like to have more support um, support for if people want to get involved. Um, it's it's an extensible interactive packaging format, and essentially it is the uh, it, it's the replacement. It's a standard that allows for the replacement of the album cover, or the DVD case, or the DVD menus even. Um, so the the notion is that packaging uh, is a big part of what artists and artists and labels too do creatively. Um, that an album is not just. The audio that comes out of it—it's often, you know, the, the cover, the inside package, uh, the, the lyrics, the liner notes, who played on the album, who produced the album—you uh, know, all of that sort of thing. Thanks to my dog and Jesus and my uncle and all that sort of stuff—and and that's a, you know, it's an it's an important part of the overall experience. And um, like I, like I was saying downstairs, you know, there's an entire floor at Capitol Records that does nothing but create. You know, digipacks and box sets and cardboard cutouts of Chingy, and that—that's what they do. And, and to to not give those people the tools to be creative in online media, in digital media, is is ludicrous. It's a matter of time, in fact, before that gets added. We're already seeing. PDF files get um, sold on iTunes, there's a company called CoverTunes that's doing some things like this with Flash, Uh, I think it's Flash embedded in QuickTime or something even, but the problem is, is that Flash and QuickTime are proprietary formats, PDF is a proprietary format, if Microsoft does this, it's going to be a proprietary format, And, and if we've learned anything in the internet boom, it's that great technology creates great products, but great standards create great opportunity. And when we're talking about really building the, the digital media value chain and creating a free market for digital media um, and really giving tools to content holders and to, to add value to their media, it has to be open standards. And so the idea is we should be creating an open standard for digital packaging um, that's based on tools that everybody already has at their, at their disposal, HTML, CSS, um, you know, all of the the assets can be in whatever format you want them to be, whether they're images or the audio files themselves. Let's package them up in an intelligent way, like tar and gzip, for example. And and then various applications can be renderers of that format. Um, so the the end, the user experience will look something like this. I see an album cover on my desktop. What what that what's actually behind that file, it's a tar Gzipped ball of html css and images sort of
0: like a a confabulator widget
1: correct exactly precisely and then when i double click on that it's a .xipf file and whatever is the associated renderer for .xipf is what comes up so could be confabulator actually is what picks up the rendering could be yahoo music engine could be itunes if they choose to support the format that, that's, you know, that's up to the user in the same way whatever opens mp3 is up to the user So and what I get when I double click that is not a media player it's not a skinned media player it's actually the experience that the creator dreamed up so maybe it's an album cover maybe I can turn it over maybe I can take it apart, unfold it zoom in, read the liner notes all that sort of stuff. I can play the tracks. I can use the cover as the interface to the tracks instead of some ridiculous ordered list like all of our silly media players have. Um, but you know, it's it, it's it's a creative outlet uh, for the for the um, for the producer for the, for the creator of the digital media. And and really, the the part one of the ways to get there is to allow the users to create this. I mean, sure, we could go to a couple of artists or a couple of labels and do a, do some promo one offs. But what if when I make my WebJ playlist, I can add a um, a visual representation of that playlist to it. At that point is when I'm really, you know, when you really have something and you have you, have a, you can get a grassroots movement around this, and, and the standard can really take hold. So that's that's what we're working on. And the point we're at now is where we have um, we've got we've got a good deal of interest. We have the start of a standard. We'd like to get some more people involved to tell us what makes sense, what doesn't make sense in the standard. Um, and then you know it's time to build some renderers. Um, so if anybody's interested in joining in, there's a Yahoo group XIPF Talk, um, XIPF hyphen Talk, I believe, where people can join in and and uh, and get involved.
0: Did I see, see a blog post recently where someone said someone was suggesting that uh, Yahoo might go DRM free?
1: Yes, you did. But it's actually that's that's not exactly what it was. What okay. you what you saw was. Um, Dave Goldberg, who is the GM of Yahoo Music, he's my boss's boss, uh, stood up in front of a group of industry folks uh, two Thursdays ago, and and suggested that one of the ways the music industry might help move digital media forward would be to do two things. Well, I think there were three, but two that are germane to this discussion um, were one, relax the relax the DRM restrictions. And really, is associated with that is uh, do more experimentation, right? So the idea is instead of putting up barriers for people to adopt digital media, we clearly they want digital media. So instead of putting up barriers to them getting it, let's let's find creative ways to help them get it more easily. Um, and instead of you know uh, we're we're really what we're competing with, we're not it's not Yahoo competing with iTunes for the digital media mindshare. It's really Yahoo and iTunes and Rhapsody and Napster competing against free. We're all competing against P2P. We're competing against the CD, which is a DRM-free technology. And and we have, in many ways, an inferior product. Because when you download it to your computer, is it going to work on your portable device? Is it going to work on both your cr- Creative and your iPod? No, actually. I can guarantee you it will not. There is no... You know, no no file you'll buy from any store except the music that'll work on both of those, and that does nothing but piss off the users and create a bad user experience. And it's not Yahoo that wants to do that; it's the it's the labels that that force us to do that. Um, and and the and what what Dave was really saying is, let's get creative here. Let's let's um. Let's think of ways that we can build really cool music experiences that are worth paying for and then share in the in the success instead of arguing over what we can't do and in the end ending up with something that's a really poor user experience that can't compete in the marketplace.
0: Have you guys read that book, uh, The Future of Music?
1: Uh, Dave is actually quoted... Uh the on, on the on the back cover of the book okay. as a, as an endorsement so yeah I haven't read it though to be oh. honest with you it's G- Garrett's book yeah yeah and you can I could
0: actually download the first I think five or six chapters as a podcast I haven't
1: I haven't read it yet I'd like to apologize to Garrett for the fact that I've not <laughs> read it yet but uh, it's on my list yeah because
0: everything you're saying is you know goes along with what they're saying They yeah. they have this whole thing where they say um, you know they want m- music to move like water. Right. I want it to be that
1: free absolutely and, and, and he's exactly right Gar he's a very smart guy and he's been on the right track for a long time and, and the idea is people aren't going to stop me liking music people love music and when if you build great services around music you can build great businesses around music and then there's lots of different ways for people to um, to participate in that when we put up put up walls and barriers all we do is force the great applications into the underground. And, and nobody gets to profit from it, in fact. And that's, that's where we are, and that's what we've done by not embracing the technology and experimenting and figuring out what the right business models are. And I, I would argue, and Dave has a, has, seriously has a leg to stand on in this. I mean, he, he, he painstakingly built very successful radio and video businesses at Yahoo that work on a very large scale and actually make money for everybody involved. And, and, and that's a, it's a beautiful thing, and there, there are so many opportunities to do that in the on-demand music business, which is the you know replacing your CD collection music business, uh, that are just untapped right now because of because of the restrictions that are placed on us, um, and, and we're we're really you know we're working we're working hard with the labels to, to work on those ideas. They're they're definitely more receptive than ever. Um, so. I mean, hopefully you'll start to see the fruits of everyone's labor come in the next year or so as, uh, as we get more innovative with, with licensing and DRM and what we can do. Cool.
0: Thanks
1: a lot. My pleasure. Thank you. Sorry to ramble at you.
0: Oh, no. It's no problem. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: This has been a Steel Pixel production. For more information about Steel Pixel, you can check out steelpixel.com. Or for more information about the show, feel free to check out web20show.com. That's W two Zero S H O W